Hello and welcome to the NC podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. How are you doing this week? How has the start of your new year been going? Did you enjoy my commercial property podcast last week? I hope you did and you got a lot of knowledge from it. This week, I'm going to be talking to you about something that is really close to my heart at the moment. Um, And it's been going on for forever. When I say forever, I mean seven years. And I want to highlight this to you so that if you are in the same position or you ever find yourself backed into a corner, you know that there's mechanisms available to you. Now, this is something that is ongoing. I am recording this about a week and a half before the podcast goes out. I don't anticipate there to be much changes on this, but there will be over time. If you've been reading my stories, whether on Facebook or Instagram, you probably will have seen a little bit of this. It's about a leasehold tribunal that I am currently involved in. So because it's an ongoing situation, I can't mention property details or the names of anybody involved. Uh, Once this resolves itself, we probably will be able to unless we are made to sign NDAs and whatever. But anyway, we are a way away from that. And I doubt very much that the people involved in this will will really like do anything about it once it's been resolved. Right. So I own a flat in a building which has a freeholder a head leaseholder who is also the block manager and then there's leaseholders beneath. And since 2013, there has been a ongoing leak in this building from the roof because in 2012, 2013-ish, sometime around then, um, a dodgy contractor put a a new roof on this building that was just, dodgy it they didn't asphalt properly there was lead flashing missing the pins that hold down uh the roof so part of the roof were gone just gone um part of the roof wasn't tiled properly so there's massive holes in this roof and at the time we as leaseholders started complaining about it um, back in 2013, I made a formal complaint to the managing agent, also the head leaseholder, and I did an inspection myself and went through and itemized everything that I could see that hadn't been done um, based upon my knowledge of property management and roofs and that kind of thing. It wasn't a comprehensive list, but there were loads of things missing up there that even from my eye, I could see it wasn't there. Simply climb up on the roof and there are holes in the roof. There's gaps. So it was evident where the leaks were coming from. And at that point, we made a formal complaint to the managing agents. They had to reimburse the 
service charge account with the money that had been spent on doing the roof that time. Um, and then we started getting problems. And this is where the whole saga began, 2013. So we said to the managing agent, well, it's your responsibility as per the terms of our lease to get up there and redo the roof. And that's where they dug their feet in. They said, actually, we've been reading through the head lease and we're not sure on whose responsibility it is, whether it's the freeholders or whether it's our responsibility. So until we figure that out, we're not going to do the roof. Okay. So my solicitor then got in contact with them and said, well, I've read the head lease and we think it's your responsibility. The managing agents didn't agree. So they apparently from the notes that I have kept over the years and email trails, they apparently applied to court for a determination of the head lease. They said that to us in 2013. They said that to us again in 2014. Flash forward, we, end of 2019, it's still not being done. And the reason being is the freeholder did not want to get involved. They did not want to show up in court. They weren't prepared to bring their surveyor out. Basically, the freeholder didn't want to know. It did not want to get involved. And rather than the head leaseholder still pursuing it and pursuing it through the courts, they kept dropping it every time because it was apparently a waste of their time. Meanwhile, water is still flowing through the roofs of these properties. Now, what I ended up doing uh, in early 2014 was cutting out the plasterboard on the roof of my flat um, and then putting new plasterboard in with um, foil lining. And then I put a water runoff through the eaves out onto the guttering. So my flat's actually now watertight based upon the fact that I had the resources at the time to do that. It wasn't cheap, but rather than having water running through my, my flat, I needed to still let the property because it's an investment. So I did that. I needed the income stream and thank goodness I did because otherwise I'd be seven years in with a real moldy flat. That's what other leaseholders have got at the moment. So back end of 2018, the head leaseholders start sending around schedule of works for, um, for the property. They say, we're going to do the roof, we're going to do the externals, we're going to do the internals as well. We had a sinking fund there, roughly that we'd saved of just about £85,000. They sent round the section 20 consultation notices and said, do you agree with this? Do you not agree with this? As leaseholders, we conferred and we went back to them and said, here's what we think we do need to do. We agree the roof needs doing. We'd all night like new windows so that we had more uh, insulated flats um, and we're happy for the common parts to be done but here are the things that are unnecessary because we've already been charged for them before and we bought out other schedulers schedules of works where we could show that those works have been done within the last five years and were not necessary anyway fine that was kind of agreed that was semi-agreed with the managing agent and then they went and got this schedule of works priced up if i told you this managing agent couldn't add it's an understatement it's an absolute understatement we were at it started off that this schedule of works apparently added up to 188,000 pounds then 
to now where they said they got that wrong and we we're at 108,000 pounds. So there was an 80,000 pounds difference that they couldn't particularly add up. So we, we said, okay, well, are you sure you're getting value for money? They wouldn't go out and get three quotes. They just got one quote. It was very bizarre. And then we asked, well, okay, fine. Saying we agree to go ahead with this, how much are you recharging the freeholder and the commercial units? And how much are we being charged? And they couldn't answer. They couldn't give us a, a definite, this is what your flat will be paying. This is what another flat will be paying. And this is what the commercial units will be paying. They did not know. So we kept asking, asking and asking and asking. When will we find out? How do we know how much we're going to be paid? When are the other two quotes coming through? And that was it. That was all we were asking for. Three quotes so that we could see we were getting a reasonable price and the cost that was going to be attributable to our flat so that we could save up. That was that. That's what we wanted. And that seems pretty reasonable, right? Lo and behold, November 2019, the managing agents could never answer us on those questions. So instead, they applied to the tribunals to determine whether costs were reasonable. Now, we were never debating whether the costs were reasonable or not. We just wanted to know how much we were paying. So then I phoned up uh, the managing agents and said, well, what's going on? And they said, no, don't worry about it. You aren't going to tribunal. It's the freeholder. We're taking the freeholder's tribunal. Right. Okay. So then I emailed them and they emailed back and said, no, we are figuring out who is responsible for doing the works. Very strange. So they then come back and say, honestly, we're just dealing with the freeholder. Once we know who's responsible for the roof works and the externals, we can then tell you how much it's going to cost. So we didn't, as leaseholders, go to the tribunal because the tribunal documents didn't say anything else apart from that was what was going to happen. Then we received the next notice from the tribunal as leaseholders saying that we didn't attend and that now we were going to move forward with the tribunal for a determination of costs because the leaseholders wouldn't agree to pay, which is very different to what the managing agents said that they'd gone to the tribunal for. The long and short of it now is that we are in a tribunal process about something that just isn't related to us. But the reason that we are here, I assume, number one is because the freeholder won't turn up to these things. And the head leaseholder seems to be scared of just pursuing litigation against the freeholder and instead has turned that back onto the leaseholders. And as part of the application to tribunal, uh, the head leaseholder has now stated in their statement of case that they would like um, to determine whether the costs of the schedule of works that they provided are reasonable and whether they should be going ahead with the works, whether it was their responsibility or not, which seems completely counterintuitive because surely if you don't think that you are responsible for doing the works, you wouldn't serve notice that you intend to do the works. That, that to me, it just makes 
clear if you don't if you you don't think that's your responsibility don't show intention to do it but also the freeholder does the building insurance for the property surely he apportions the percentage to the leaseholders the residential leaseholders and a percentage to the commercial so then he has the apportionments for who's responsible for what so there doesn't seem to be a particular argument there apart from over the last seven years since the head leaseholder promised that they'd taken the freeholder to court they haven't done it therefore we still have a leaking roof seven years later so we've had to start doing a reply to the tribunal as leaseholders. And one of the most complicated things is getting 10 leaseholders together and actually getting um, a consensus about what they want to happen. And I've also done a two-pronged approach with this because the other thing is, is that the head leaseholder has interpreted a clause within our leases that says that the costs of the... Um, Take going through the tribunal should be borne by leaseholders. So the head leaseholder has decided to take us through the tribunal process at our cost, which means that they know that there's 80 something thousand pounds in that sinking fund. They're now running that down based upon legal fees. And I assume the only reason that they're doing that is as a tactical thing to try and get put us so far into a corner that we go, hey, stop, no, we just pay. And I don't think that that's the right thing for us to do. So as a secondary thing, I've made a formal complaint around the ethics of charging us for the reasonable determination of the head lease when that's never been between us and the head and the freeholder. It's between the head leaseholder and the freeholder. So it's starting to get pretty complicated. There's different things going on all at once. Um, and at the moment, we are now writing our statement of case in response to the statement of case that we've received from the head leaseholder. And the basis of that is that we should not be involved with the determination of the head lease because that's between the he head lessee and the freeholder. And we were never in dispute of the works in the first place. All we wanted to see was three quotes for works and to be told how much each of us would be paying. And that is it. That is as simple as what our questions are. On the side, then I'm making the formal complaint about the, um, the costs of the legal team that the head leaseholder are employing and have said the only reasoned outcome is that the head leaseholder agrees to pick up all the legal costs associated with the tribunal that we shouldn't reasonably be going through because assuming that the head leaseholder had decided to uh, resolve the dispute over who was responsible for what back in 2013, really, as per the terms of the lease, all they would have to do is give us how much each, each flat was paying based upon a surveyor's estimate. It's really, really simple. So if that doesn't go through, I can then take that to the property ombudsman and we'll continue that. Now, that's a lot of ranting out the way and it probably seems like quite a confusing thing to be going on. But here's what I want you to take away from this. And here's what I cannot stress enough. If you have a leasehold property, you need to know what it says in that lease inside out. Because 
Unfortunately, managing agents who are ill-equipped to read leases, to deal with multiple tenants within a building, are always going to try and play hardball because that is the only way that they think that they can get out of this. And it is not. And it is not for you as a leaseholder to bury your head in the sand because that's where they can walk all over you and then send you these horrendously big bills, which is completely unfair. But even though we have the leasehold tribunal system in place, which should be fair to both parties, if you don't think that you should turn up at a tribunal, then your side of the story is never going to be heard. So you need to be looking at what's sent to you, reading through the lease, making sure that your managing agent is adhering to the terms of the lease, because that is where the contract between you and them is formed. If, as per my situation, you have a head leaseholder and a freeholder, well, <coughs> excuse me, the, the contract is between the head leaseholder and the freeholder, and that is for them to deal with. That is not a leaseholder's concern because ultimately my relationship is only with the head leaseholder. Again, you have to know what it says in that lease to be able to defend yourself. And even if you feel completely overwhelmed, completely ill-equipped, I have to tell you that in this case, the managing agent that we're dealing with doesn't seem to have a clue either. Does not seem to have a clue. For example, um, this week I have been trying to get the building's insurance from them. Two days ago, I got in contact with them and said, hey, I need a copy of the building's insurance. My new mortgage provider would like a copy of it. They sat on it for 24 hours and then came back to me and said that they didn't have a building's insurance policy. It's like, right. So then I started phoning around the houses. I phoned for four departments who kept passing me between each other and then said to um, me, well, we can give you the information if you give us your date of birth. And I said, it's not relevant. What's that got to do with the price of fish? Nothing. So anyway, I emailed, I then wrote a formal complaint to the CEO of this com company and said, it's unacceptable. I need a proof of the building's insurance policy. And if this building is uninsured, it means it's unmortgageable, which means that I would like the money for my property to be transferred through to me. I said, so... Give me the building insurance policy by 5 p.m. You have three hours. Lo and behold, people, this managing agent went jogged a little bit because I said, well, you've just sent me a service charge budget, which shows how much the insurance premium is going to cost. So where did you get that figure from? Was it that you just plucked it out of the air or have you actually got an invoice for an insurance premium, in which case it will have all of the details that I need on it? shock, I get sent through an insurance premium. You have to keep on at these people. And if they are incompetent, you have got the property ombudsman that you can go to and just keep going through their complaints handling procedure. And I hate that I have to even be telling you this because as a property manager, as someone who believes in being open and honest and putting my hands up when things are wrong and saying sorry, the fact that this bloody-minded Managing agent can't do that, hurts my heart. And you can probably hear from the tone of my voice that it's frustrating. It is frustrating because it's just incompetence of not understanding 
what's happening or what's going on so they can't actually give you the correct information, which is why you have to put yourself in a knowledgeable situation. If you think something isn't right, you say, I would like to make a formal complaint about this. They then should put you through their complaints handling procedure, which means that they send you the complaints handling procedure, which will set out how the complaint's being handled. Now, it may be that they come back to your complaint and they say, okay, this is how we're going to resolve it. Or as in the case of these, they say, no, you're wrong. Okay, fine. Escalate it to the next tier. Then when they say they come back to you on the next tier, either they rectify it for you or they say, no, we can't do anything. So you take it to the next tier until you exhaust the complaints handling procedure. If still you are not satisfied with what's happening, you then have two options. Number one, you go to their regulatory body and you make a formal complaint. But as these managing agents don't have a regulatory body, I can simply go to the property ombudsman and they will sort it out. And I've had good dealings with the property ombudsman before. They are normally pretty fair and very equitable. So this is your get out of jail free card, but you can only use it if you are 100% sure of what your lease says. So you need to know your rights. Do not bury your head in the sand. I cannot stress this enough because that's where things will happen that you do not want to happen. You have to stay in control of the situation. Now, we will now go through the tribunal process and I'll tell you how that is. We're currently writing our counter submission, which I've already set out how that's going to be. And then hopefully the managing agent, as they said to me, they would like their day in court because that's the only way they're going to get this solved. Fine. Do you know what? we will meet you there and we will see what the tribunal has to say. But again, I know what it says in my lease and I know what I'm responsible to pay. And I'm not responsible for them just forcing any old costs on me. That's it. There's no way that I'm responsible for that sort of thing. So, but I know that again, I read the lease. So please, I implore you, if you have a leasehold property, read the lease check the service charge budgets and every single piece of communication that comes through to you. And unfortunately, you need to keep a record of everything that they send you. Emails, dates and times of phone calls, any letters, file it away. Keep hold of it because they will keep digging it back up and they will use it against you. I don't ever want to be saying this and it really, really, it messes with me because as I said, I believe in a good property industry, but it's not always there. That's the hardest thing. If you listen to this, please promise me, please promise me that you'll go out there and, you know, even if you've done something wrong, we're all human. We can do things wrong occasionally. It wouldn't have been intentional. So just promise me that you'll put your hands up and just say, do you know what? I'm sorry. Here's how I'm going to rectify things. I can't stress that enough. That's the way forward. We can't keep getting things wrong, being scared of the consequences, and then just hiding us, hiding things and digging ourselves into a deeper hole. That can't be how this industry works because it will fall apart because of it. And I don't believe that in the bottom of people's hearts that that's really how they are, but they're so freaking scared for their jobs or whatever it is that's going on. So how about we look at this differently? If someone was to say to me, I'm sorry, this is how I'm going to rectify it. Fine, I really don't mind. Like, honestly, for me, oh, that's a relief. Good, that person's got it. They're going to go and sort it out. 
Let's give everybody that benefit of the doubt. Today, let's be do the key takeaway from this podcast, the key takeaway. that If someone does something wrong, you give them the opportunity to make it right. At the point that they can't make it right, then, okay, get a bit angry with it. But if they apologize and tell you what they're going to do, give them the grace to go and do it and give it a go. But also, if you've done something wrong and you figure it out and you're like, oh, crikey, I've done this wrong, apologize and tell the person how you're going to put it right. Let's let's make that promise because that's how this industry is going to become a better place. Not by taking legal action against people, doing unnecessary things, not fixing things for seven years, for having to have someone get so angry with you that you're forced to do something. It shouldn't be like that because it's a waste of everybody's energy. We have to lead by example. And hopefully by leading by example, it will start changing how the property industry looks, feels, and just makes it genuinely nicer place to be. So there we have it. That's where I am with this. And hopefully it will all work out, but I will keep you updated. I hope it's also been useful for you. Some key takeaways. It's not all bad. We can learn from these situations and we move on and keep experiencing. Every day in property, we learn something new. And uh, this, this seems to be one of those days. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you had some good takeaways. Um, let me know. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast because it really, really helps support this podcast and keep it flowing. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait to see you again soon.